Hello and welcome to the Montage Film Review Sunday DVD Rental Suggestion Podcast. This is a masterpiece edition. Now that we have made the transition from Japanese to European cinema and have jumped over to France from Germany, we are going to stay here with a trilogy of films written and directed by a Polish man who had made France his home. The Three Colours Trilogy is like a little book of short stories about good people in a bad world. I like trilogies, and this is one of my favourites. The director of these films chose the colours of the flag of his adopted country for their titles, and released them in correct order. Characters from each film make an appearance, however brief, in the other films prior to them all coming together at the end of the trilogy. So what you are actually watching in these films is the backstory of the protagonists before they come together at the film's conclusion due to a natural disaster, making these films prequels in their own right. There is a great deal of depth to these films and I hope at some point to have several reviews of each film posted to the review section of the website. But in the meantime, I'll pay homage here to what I believe to be three of the greatest French films ever made. I thought wow when I first saw them a couple of years after their release and that awe has not diminished since. We start with This instalment was released in 1993. It is my favourite French film and contributed to making Juliette Binoche my favourite French actress of the 1990s and she remains in my top five. Anyway, Blue is the story of a well-to-do woman who loses her husband and only child in a car crash. So devastated by this is she, that she decides to give away or put into storage all of the trappings of the wealthy life that used to make her and her family happy. Julie, played by Juliette Binoche of course, now sees them as just that, a trap. She feels as though she was trapped into loving her life and her family, only then to have to suffer the pain of having them ripped away from her so unexpectedly. Her grief is exquisitely conveyed and analysed throughout this film. Her husband was a famous composer, so she finds herself having to mourn him as part of a larger group of people, most of whom didn't really know him. The colour blue is a suggestion of her grief. This film is solely about this grief and how she deals with it. One of my favourite parts of the film is when she wakes up in the morning and it's the morning of her family's funeral and she is greeted by her despair. There is a fraction of a second's delay before her mind comes to rights and she remembers her predicament. It's subtle but oh so accurate in the way that it delivers its poetry to the audience. The colour blue engulfs her and the stringed musical score is raised a couple of decibels to depict the sudden rush of horror. 
This theme of sadness linked to the color blue is continued throughout. Blue is the color of her daughter's room and also the color of a sweet that she ate just before she died. And it is also the color of the chandelier in her daughter's old room and her engagement ring. She takes these reminders with her into her new life of austerity. Moving away from her grand house and into a dingy apartment away from everyone who knows her. There, she plans to live in her self-imposed isolation with her grief, but her old life keeps reappearing and tugging at her cuff. She is therefore forced to face said grief and disappointment and certain inconsistencies in her old life, which she does with her trademark reserve. A wonderful depiction of this on screen is when she leaves her old home for the last time and we see her walking alongside the boundary wall, stony-faced. As the shot pulls out, we see that despite her perfect demeanour, she is scraping her clenched fist along that wall, ripping the skin off and causing it to bleed. She is a good person who always puts her best foot forward, not in an attempt at subterfuge, but in a genuine attempt to be just towards the world that she lives in. What I like about this character is that she is one of the few characters of good character on film who is not ridiculed or punished in some way for her virtue, nor is she portrayed as being too dumb to live. Not only that, but her grief however strong it might be, doesn't break her mind, body or soul or tear away at her virtue. I could go on and on about this film regarding so many of the issues tackled in it, but there isn't time in this podcast. So let's move, move on to White. This instalment was released in 1994 and follows the plight of Carol, a Polish man who has been living in Paris with his wife. That is, until she decides that she doesn't want to be with him anymore. When the film opens, she has already made this decision and is is using cruelty in order to try and get rid of him. It doesn't work. She divorces him, but she is still very much the focus of his heart, despite the fact that she's left him with nothing, no home, no way of making a living, He therefore hatches a plan to return to Poland with a new friend, where he hopes to be able to rebuild his life. His new friend seems to think that he can help Carol to get a well-paying job. He knows somebody who wants to die, but cannot bring himself to commit suicide for various reasons. He asks Carol if he wants the job. Carol wants the money, but not necessarily the job, and is preoccupied with trying to right the wrong of his marriage. In Red, which was also released in 1994, the main character is Valentine, a professional model, good but naive, who accidentally runs over a dog and decides to return it to its owner and apologise. 
When she does this, he, the old man who owns the animal, seems indifferent to both her and the dog and its injuries, but returns to her the price of the vet bill that she has had to pay out and then gives her the dog. The dog and she keep returning to the old man's house, only for her to discover that he is an embittered character who spends his time eavesdropping on his neighbours. She is disgusted by his pastime, but can't bring herself to report him. Instead, she strikes up a friendship with him and he with her, telling her his backstory and the disappointments in life and love that made him the man that he is that day. So the fundamental theme of this trilogy, as I stated before, is coupled with stories of love, lost, found and shunned, all wrapped up in a blanket of the supernatural, by way of the flute player in blue and the poster and fairy disaster in red. If you don't enjoy this trilogy, then there is something seriously the matter with you that you should get seen to. I mean it. I'm your host, Shay Trinity. And as always, this has been an Eskimo Fin production. Please remember that you can purchase the box set of this trilogy from the podcast shelf of the book and DVD store if you so wish. You can also rent this from Love Film by visiting the website and taking advantage of a month's trial for free before you commit.